0: Okay, so welcome to our podcast, formerly went on Wednesday, now we changed it to called the best job ever, because as far as everybody on this call is concerned, we all have the best job ever, we get to work with HR and payroll, and benefits, and CHROs and HR people. So as, as always, we've got Eric Terrigian, Global VP of HR for Aki Bono, we have Danielle Leith, our Hub Benefits Wizard. I love calling you a benefit wizard. Uh, exactly. We get we get James Reed, employment law attorney, the biggest and the baddest in Michigan. But uh, yes. I say baddest. I don't mean bad. I mean like he's awesome with with Dinsmore. And our guest today, Nikki Thompson. So Nikki's with Lifeways Community Mental Health. Yes. Right? Uh, you're, you work there. You're not in there, right? Just... I work here. Yes. Okay,
1: yeah.
0: And, and I am also... in here. See my lovely office with
1: no windows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Where, uh, anything can happen in HR. Uh, also, <laughs> you're the chapter president for yes. the Michigan, sorry the Sherm chapter president for Jackson? Yes, yep. And um, you have a, a, what we want to hear from you today, a couple things, right? We want to hear about stress management. We were all, well, three of us on this, this call were at uh, Michigan, Sherman Grand Rapids, um, socially distancing and being careful in person but one of, the, one of the biggest breakout sessions was about stress management. So we want to hear about how you're doing stress management with your team, but we also, also want to hear about your nonprofit passion because you told you have the best job ever. Uh, and please, Nikki, tell us a little bit about how you came to be where you are today and okay. about, about your, your passion, please. Take All
1: right. Away. So um, I joined Lifeways about a little over three and a half years ago. Um, we are a community mental health agency. So um, we we see everybody, basically anybody who is seeking mental health services um, in the Jackson or Hillsdale community walks through our door. If they're private pay, we refer them off. Um, even if they're private pay, and or excuse me, not private pay, we may refer them out as well. Um, but really what drew me to this job is uh, is what we do. I mean, we help make our community a better place. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the Jackson County community. It's also Hillsdale County, um, which is where I live. However, I grew up in Jackson. So it's the best of both worlds for me. Um, and it's just, we, like everybody else have struggled right to, Mm -hmm. to, um, really change work to change our culture, to make it an accepting culture, to make it a healthy culture. Um, and we're, we're definitely, uh, on that, on that cusp of, um, I feel being a great place to work. Um, we offer some excellent benefits to our employees. And, um, as I was saying earlier, we just spoke with our legal team today about the FF, RCA, right, James? Did I get it right? um, So we were previously exempt under that. However, we were pretty much mirroring that. Um, Since we are community mental health, we have to be here every day. Um, We have to be here to help our community. Crises don't stop. Actually, they've um, increased due to due to COVID. and so we we just wanted to make sure we were taking care of our people, not only um, the HR team, but the organization as a whole. Um, so we have implemented some um, you know some kind of unique things. Uh, we we utilize um, Microsoft Teams. So myself and my HR team was uh, checking in with our employees uh, at least weekly. Um, you know, we're, we're constantly reaching out just to see how people are doing. We do our staff meetings. Um, we're in constant communication with people just because, I mean, like literally our staff has a life or death job um, in some, you know, in some aspects. And, you know, that's a hard job to have during certain times, but um, during in uncertain times, it, you know, it is a lot of stress.
0: So, uh, Nikki, hang on a second. So you're talking about stress and you yeah. you are an essential service and you do amazing work. But before we were chatting on the phone uh, oh, on the on the Zoom meeting, you were talking about people trying to poach you out of your position all the time for a significant amount of money. Yes. But uh, why are you staying? What's what's the deal?
1: So the reason I stay is, is really simple. I mean, I could go someplace and probably make, um, I mean, I know at least <laughs> 30 to 40,000 more from what, um, you know, from what I've seen or been offered. Yep. Um, but really the thing that that keeps me here is helping to make my community a better place. Um, again, you know, joint, growing up or being raised in Jackson County and now living in Hillsdale County, um, mm-hmm. it's important for me to, to feel like I'm doing something um, to make these counties better for my kids for when they grow up. Um, I want to have that um, I guess that, uh, that pull that, you know, I'm not just sitting back collecting the big books, so to speak. Um, but even though I'm not in front of our consumers and I'm not, you know, talking them off a, off a ledge, so to speak, um, I am having a a positive impact on the community by hiring those folks or, um, you know, making sure those folks are taken care of with benefits, or you know, just checking in and you know, seeing how their cats doing or their kids doing, or you know, whatever. I love getting to know our employees. They're they're a bunch of amazing people. Um, they're drawn to a similar passion as as myself, so it it makes it a great place to work.
2: Is that also why you volunteer for a local chapter and also? asking to volunteer more at Michigan Germ is because that's just who you are?
1: Yeah, that I mean, that really is who who I am. And that's what I'm trying to instill in my kids. My husband also is a a firefighter, uh, EMT. Um, Every other weekend, so to speak, he's volunteer or paid on call. Um, But that's just, you know, that's how my parents raised me is to always make sure that I'm giving back to the community, I'm paying it forward. Um, you know, I tell my kids all the time about karma and, um, you know, just trying to, trying to put that, that positive vibe out in, out into the universe, um, and, and make our, our, um, community a better place, whether it's the HR community or the local community. Um, I actually currently hold two roles, um, on the Shermer chapter. I am the certification chair, as well as the, um, the current co-vice president, or, co-president um, and maybe moving back into the uh, vice president role um, to help out the chapter it's it's important for me to to give back to my profession um, as well and we're able to bring in amazing speakers like you all to help make that happen and um, and teach our our local hr community
0: so i got a question for danielle danielle who are the happiest people you know professionally Mm.
3: Uh, the ones who have control over their work life balance mm-hmm. and who feel heard, um, but also can see the direct impact of the work that they're putting in. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, a lot of people will go to work, they'll push a button, and they never see what happens beyond that. But if you're in a role where every single day you can see the direct impact of what you're doing in people's lives, mm. I think those are kind of a formula for happiness, at least from what I've seen.
4: It's a great point, Danielle. And when you think about it, it's sort of leadership 101. What's our job as leaders is to truly connect everybody to the mission and the vision. So it's one thing to say, here's our vision, here's what we're going to be. But does everybody in the organization understand how their objectives deliver against that vision? And Nikki, one of the things we've talked a lot about on this podcast has been culture. How do you see the culture at work reflecting the spirit of who you are and who you've hired?
1: So, um, I've seen an ebb and flow here. Again, you know we have a very uh, a very tough job, just because sometimes it is life and death. So we um, we have what's called a perks team here. And um, that stands for people enjoying really cool with a K, (laughs) surroundings. (laughs) Um, And so we really try to push that positive culture because we found again, especially with with our clinical staff who are on the front lines that if we don't have that positive culture, if we don't um, push that work-life balance, they're gone. I mean, we've had huge turnover in the past um, because of, of, a negative culture. And I'm very thankful that, um, the agency's hard work has paid off and we've been able to turn that around. And now, uh, now, thankfully the reason for all of our hiring is because we're growing substantially. So I think that, I
3: mean, spend five minutes with you and it's very clear that you're a huge piece of that equation. Um, I I had the pleasure of sitting down with you last week and hearing a little bit more about, your, what we we talking about? Disc profile and Enneagram and like what naturally drives us. And it doesn't surprise me that you're in the nonprofit space because you're such a giver and a carer of other people. Um, what I'm curious about is, you know, you're in a unique situation because I feel like HR historically has been like the, the office therapist, right? How is it for you working with a community mental health organization where so much of the people that you support are on those front lines supporting other people all day? Do you think that they shoulder a whole lot more? And is that something that you interact with a lot? Or do you think that they have far more access to those mental health resources because of the nature of what they do?
1: So I would say, um, We are, our, our folks are very open to using the EAP. You know, we, we do listen to one another, you know, and I mean, I tell them right off the bat, as you know, (laughs) I'm not a, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a licensed counselor, um, but you know, I can hear you and I can listen to you. Um, And if that's what you need in this moment, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. Um, But we, you know, there's not that negative Uh, stigma like there is around a lot of other organizations about going and seeking outside help. Um, So Mm -hmm. our folks are much more apt to use our EAP. We have an awesome EAP. um, And I'm a a big pusher of that just because, you know, they uh, they have to be healthy themselves in order to take care of others. And I'll even tell them sometimes, you know, like when I'm like, you need to not work so much. I'll be like, I know, that right now I am the cat, the pot calling the kettle black. But you know we both this is something we both need to work on, and we both need to get better at. So you know sometimes it creates that um, that accountability to where you know I'll check in with the person and I'll be like, hey, just want to let you know I took my lunch yesterday,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and they'll be like, oh, I didn't. Or you know sometimes it's role reversal to where we'll we'll hold each other accountable just because that that type of stuff. Breaks, lunches, um, you know, getting out after an eight-hour day—that stuff is super important. And um, you know, that in the past has been something we've struggled with as an agency—is to to take care of our, ourselves first.
2: Hey, James, you were going to chip in. Yeah, you know, Nikki was talking about growing, and what really impressed me about Nikki is, given her ability to build relationships. She also built relationships with the local community colleges, and I think mean, used to work at Jackson Community College. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a result of just her volunteer work and networking, she knows about programs that I've never heard of until meeting her. So she uh, was well tapped into the Michigan New Jobs Training Program, MNJTP. And as a result, she's gotten hundreds of thousands of dollars, multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars granted to her to um, create new jobs and provide training to people to be, be set up to grow further, uh, including legal fees. So I've, I've been able to come provide training uh, for her. And even if it's soft skills like Microsoft Excel and basic this and basic that, um, she knows how to get those funds paid for, which it even applies to private companies that are for-profit. not just the non yeah. perk. And I, I had no idea. Yeah.
1: And I mean, to kind of piggyback off of that, we found that um, because we've we've recently just put all of these trainings, James, I think you did what, like 12-ish for mm-hmm. us. And then we had somebody else do, um, and y'all know James is a cheat. So I'm just putting that out there to show how much money we have. (laughs) Um, We had him do 12 and then we had another person do um, an additional 12 or 13. uh, And we've just kind of grouped James's together and put them on our our, um, learning management system online and packaged it as a leadership training program to all of our employees. And we have gotten a huge response. I mean, right now we're sitting at about 150-ish employees, and we have um, about 35 people who have reached out and who want to be part of that um, that leadership training program. So, I mean, it shows that if you give people the opportunity to to step up and to learn, um, they're gonna they're gonna rise to that.
4: Let me ask a question on a little bit of a different tack so you mentioned eap and i know we're all still struggling with remote workforces and who's back and who's not back but we really sent everybody home and a lot of these people who are struggling with substance abuse and some of these other issues we put them into those environments what do you what have you seen around eap with some of these people who now live at work you know
1: i'm not on the clinical side um so I can't really answer that to a um, an accurate, uh, I can't even give you an accurate guesstimate. Um, I know that I've personally read that, you know, things are like child abuse uh, is on the rise, substance abuse is on the rise. Um, as a, a human, I can tell you that um, I have connected with several of our employees um, and just, you know, reminded them of this resource, whether it's, you know, something that's going on at home, maybe they just went through, like I had a couple of employees who went through like a breakup um, with somebody that they had been with uh, for a long time or a divorce. Um, so, you know, just really pushing those things, um, reminding people of 2 one If you're not familiar with that, if you have um, employees who are, are struggling with either housing because maybe their their spouse lost their position too. From anywhere, you can call two one one and it will they'll hook you up with um, people who will be able to give you information like the food bank or um, help with heating the house or you know those types of things. But um, again, I know that the national statistics have been very high, as well as our local statistics on um, you know. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Getting back into drugs, relapse. Oh. There's, there's the word, relapse. So, and it's, it's unfortunate.
3: Terrible. Um, you know, that's on the uh, employee side, but from a, a personal standpoint, I know you had said earlier, you alluded to learning how to put yourself first and actually fill up your own cup so that you can pour out to other people. Um, what are some of the things that you're doing to be more selfish with your time or to, you know, put time aside in your day to do things that are good for your mental well-being and how are you managing stress? You know, back to the, the topic of this podcast, what are you doing around those things?
1: So for those of you who knew me before, about like two weeks ago, I had really long blonde hair. Which was natural. Um, I took. I was very selfish and um, went to the um, went to my my lady and got my hair done. Um, finally, since things are open opening up, I've also you know taken that time for self care to do things like getting my nails done. Um, but on a non cost um, side of things, I make sure that I have um, you know some alone time to, usually I'm a big reader, so to read, um, to like take walks around. Um, I've been walking around our property like a ton, um, just because mostly we have a puppy. Um, And then I have three great days, so I pet them constantly, Um, sometimes not by choice, but uh, (laughs) I'm forced to. (laughs) Um, But, you know, just doing those things like hiking or, um, you know, taking some time for myself. I've, I've done girls weekend with my friends, you know, just just like fun little things that, you know, can help me, give me something to look forward to. Um, and then also, you know, not cost so much because let's face it, getting your nails done and your hair done is expensive. <laughs> Especially if you work for a nonprofit or a governmental entity,
2: and you baked for those of us that uh, were at Michigan Sherm, we enjoyed your carrot cake. And-
3: oh yes, I
1: oh,
0: baked
2: on. Which is, I yeah. got
3: that recipe from Nikki. <laughs> the first follow up, I'm like, give me that recipe. So
0: good. Yeah, you made <laughs> a really good point about HR self care.
3: Yeah,
0: HR tend to be completely self well. I was HR completely yeah. selfless. You're you're where everyone goes for problems, and it's not like you don't have a life outside of work. You got everyone has something going on outside of work, and you guys just you got to put it to this side where everyone else seems to bring all their crap in. So, 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 James, from from your standpoint, I got a couple questions here. What do you see from companies? What kind of damage gets done to a company by HR just doing this over and over? I mean, you must get approached all the time by companies like we should have seen this coming what do we do now what should they do
2: well i i think you know hr has too many hats they have to wear and i think that hr you know i'm not an expert in eap or mental health but the 101 is to surround yourself with happy positive people and If Nikki's at a mental health place where a lot of her employees have traumatic experiences and she witnesses them and gets a lot of employee complaints, uh, I think that that's not good for any HR person's mental health. And I think that HR isn't always able to spot the issues happening in the workplace because right now in COVID, they may not even be there. Yeah. Even if they are, a lot of the staff aren't there and i think that in most companies hr is kind of the enforcement police and they only come around when there's a problem i don't see most hr handing out the paychecks or you know having open coffee hours just to talk and ask about pets and family and recipes and i think that they're not able to spot the issues because the rest of their team didn't have sufficient training to even see the issues, to communicate at all with HR or give the signs to HR. So I'm seeing just a waterfall effect of ineffective communication and missing the issues.
0: So that brings me back to the other thing I was going to want to talk about: the training that you're doing for Nikki and her team. So Nikki is Nikki. Do you feel that the trainings that you've got banked there that your employers are looking at? Is helping shore up your defenses and kind of supporting you.
1: I think so because you know, like I said, we've we've rolled out with um, James's trainings, which are things like FMLA, ADA, um, workplace investigations. Like, there's a whole list. Social media. I don't even remember them all because he did so many. Okay. Um, but you know, it, educating employees on and supervisors on how to to spot these issues, or you know, maybe a person doesn't realize that. Um, even though I tell them millions and millions of times, it feels like that you know they can reach out if they need an accommodation. Um, hopefully, just uh, seeing one of these trainings, um, along with you know being told probably at least once a month that these types of things are available, maybe it'll click, and then. Um, you know, people can work more effectively. And, you know, that's what we, we try to instill in our staff. We we as an HR department try to make it so we're not the big scary police people. Um, you know, we, we're more, we try to be the welcome, the welcome people. But I mean, even when I have to um, do a discipline, I try to frame it in a positive manner, you know, and tell people this is we're, we're looking at this as a learning opportunity. Um, and then, you know, if it's, if it continues on, then we move to the next step, but I never go in there angry. Um, I always go in there compassionate and, um, I, I harp on my kids about this all the time, but I really do live it. You treat others as you want to be treated. And, um, you know, I tell people that during our new employee orientation, so, I mean, I know if I made an error where I had to, you know, face disciplinary um, consequences, I would want someone to come at me with compassion um, and, you know, explain to me what I did wrong versus just saying, hey, you screwed up. And guess what? Now this is going in your file, you know, and kind of leaving that there. I, I try to approach it in a positive manner and, um you know, like I said, even with terminations, I, I'll explain to people, you know, here's here's why we've terminated you. Again, let's look at this as a, a learning experience. You're not gonna do this at your next employer. Um, here's the benefits are that are available to you, here's your next steps. Because, you know, there's there's a family behind there. I mean, even if it's their dogs or their cat, you know, um, or their hamster, you know, there's there's somebody who's who's, you know, at home waiting for them. And I don't want them to quote unquote, kick the dog when they go home because of, of what happened at work. Yeah.
4: Eric? No, I was just gonna add on a point that Nikki made earlier, which is, you know, self-care is not selfish. And I think that HR, especially for HR right now, cause there's a transformation happening and HR is becoming more strategic business partner. And we're, we're trying to show that we do have business acumen and we do understand the bottom line and you know we are engaged in strategic partners. But at the same time, we also have everybody's self-worth kind of in our hands. And I think stopping and taking care of yourself is not a selfish act. And I think that the more that we can, like Nikki said, the more that we can push that out there and explain that to people, the better we're going to be. Yeah.
3: yeah, I think that modeling is really important, um, especially from a female standpoint, from a female perspective. I had read Cheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, um, when, and she talks in there about how so many leaders will tend to be really quiet about their personal struggles. And, you know, my child is sick, I have to go home because somehow they think that it makes them less of a leader when in reality, organizations need their executives Mm -hmm. and their leaders to stand up and say, yeah, my life is crazy too. I have to go home because my child is sick or, oh my gosh, my furnace just exploded because it, it creates a culture where other people feel like they can be vulnerable at work and actually discuss those things as well. So I think what you said about, you know, the way that you handle even a discipline, you're modeling a behavior for your employees so that they still feel safe enough with you that they can be open and communicate and share with you challenges without feeling like, again, you're the HR police. Yep,
1: yep. And to be honest, where my philosophy started, so I'm gonna give a big shout out right now. Um, so when I worked at Jackson College um, way back in the day, I worked for a super amazing lady named Valerie Shudy. And um, my first, uh that was my first like office setting hr position um and i still remember i was uh doing a report for her and i screwed up like it was for our next year's budget and i screwed up i left out um i think it was like thirty thousand dollars worth of um stuff yeah you know no big deal thirty thousand
4: okay it
0: expense report <laughs> um oh, yeah not in this life <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I'm, I'm the type of person that when I drive home, like I, I go through my day and I think about everything. Um, and when I was on my way home, that's like when it hit me and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I, I left out, they were the adjunct, the hourly adjunct professors in my budget. Um, and so I went to her the next day and I was crying because I felt so terrible and I was freaking out because I thought she had turned it in already. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I understand if you have to fire me, you know, this was a big goof. And she looked at me and she's like, why would I, why would I fire you? She's like, first of all, I haven't turned it in yet. So it's no big deal. And like, and she goes, but secondly, if I had, I just spent $30,000 training you. So why would I, why would I waste that $30,000 training opportunity and fire you? And so that's always stuck out to me, like how she, um, how she approached that situation with kindness, with empathy, with understanding, and just, you know, was a human versus sitting there and berating me and belittling me. You know, she helped me see that it was a training opportunity, that it wasn't the end of the world. Because to be quite honest, I'm very passionate about my job. I love what I do. I've been in the HR field for, I think like 16 or more years. And um, I pride myself on my work and my work, work ethic. And so when I goof up, I, I tend to take that personally, which I'm trying not to, something I'm working on, but um, you know, so for somebody to come at me in that way versus a, you know, a very demeaning way, it always, it always goes off better because I'm already punishing myself enough.
4: <laughs> I think that's actually very courageous leadership. And I think it takes a lot for a leader to stand up and take that much responsibility. And, and I have a shared person in my background who did that for me. And he said, told me early on, he said, You know, it's your job to make mistakes and it's my job to keep them from being fatal. He goes, I just wish you weren't so good at doing your job. But, <laughs> but <laughs> the goodwill that they were able to embody, though, and the So impact on the bottom line, taking it back to the bottom line, there is a real impact to the bottom line, because you are going to have people now who are going to truly believe that you're committed to them, they're going to be truly committed to the organization and the organization is going to be able to do things that, that people just dream of. Mm -hmm.
3: How much of, um, so we were talking again about personality types. I know we talked about disc profile. Uh, we had Mike Kessley on a couple of weeks ago. He we did a disc for all of us. And you said that you'd done something similar, which tells you, you know, kind of where you fall on the spectrum yep. of personality type. How much of that do you take into account when you're correcting someone? I mean, do you kind of have a general awareness of where they fall inside of that circle and how you need to address some of those issues? Do you handle them differently.
1: Yeah, so I um, I have training in the true colors aspect, which is um, personality testing as well. Um, and so like with true colors, um, a blue is a people person, gold is um, a very structured person, um, green is like very analytic, and then orange is like the people who love to have fun, right, but we all have all four colors in us. So when I approach discipline, I Um, you know, I, I hope I know my employees as well as I think I do. Um, So I try to take that into consideration. And, um, you know, if I'm disciplining somebody who is a green personality, that very analytic personality, they're not going to want this. Okay, so we're going to take this as a learning opportunity and blah, 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 you know, they're going to be like, just, just tell me where I screwed up, like, and just be done with it. And so I'll tell them, I'm like, you know, okay. So I I know your time is valuable, and I know you want me to get right to the point. So here it is, um, and try to meet them, you know, in their preferred method of communication, um, and still be kind about it, right? Because what's going to make them mad is if I um, if I sit there and and you know say all right it's okay that we did this like this is a learning opportunity blah 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 because it's going to be like no it's not I screwed up like just just tell me where it is and tell me what it did, and tell me or you know I know how to fix it type of thing um, so you know just just trying to keep that stuff in mind is I found helpful throughout my career
2: yeah you know a couple thoughts come to mind on mental health uh, one, uh, the keynote, one of the keynotes we had in Michigan term last week said that depression and mental health runs in his family, which is why he's always extra positive and extra energetic and complimentative because he needs to bring his energy up to not go to the dark side. So I found that interesting. And then ironically, on Sunday, I was... Uh, I hardly ever watch TV, but I I saw this uh, show that caught my eye, it was called The Weight of Gold. And it was all the Olympic athletes. And um, despite like Michael Phelps getting a gold medal and the gold medalist in 2017 that won uh, as well from America and also the 2019 woman cyclist, um, two of those three committed suicide in the past couple of years. And Michael Phelps also suffered severe depression and multiple DUIs when he was having um, bad moments and things. And so uh, you wouldn't think that necessarily people that are gold medalists, the best in the world on cloud nine are still suffering from depression when all they're they're high performers. And I guess the question is, you know, should we be doing more? How do you spot issues? Because at work, you only come to the HR typically when there's a a negative performance issue. So are there potentially high performers struggling with mental health? And how do you spot that or have that conversation? Any thoughts? So we,
1: um, we offer an amazing training. And again, I know we're not the only one who offers this, but it's called mental health first aid. Um, and actually I just offered this to our, um, our HR, in um, the Sherma chapter, and we were able to get this approved for, I want to say it was like seven business credits, Um, but we've put this on for free, and it's kind of like those spotting issues, and um, it's for um, the layperson to learn more about mental illness and, uh, you know, see what it's, what it may look like. Um, but I mean, speaking of, you know, those athletes, I mean, a lot of people don't know that Robin Williams, uh, was severely depressed. And I mean, look at that guy, like he was always making everybody laugh. So sometimes you, excuse me, you have to look for the subtle cues, um, of people and, um, you know, check in on them, ask them how they're doing. If you notice something's off, pull them aside and, you know, say, Hey, is everything Okay. Um, because the last thing you want to do is, uh, you know, let that person suffer in silence.
0: I think for a lot of these guys, uh, James, I'm very familiar with the Michael Phelps and and our side, we talked and our company, we talked about it. These guys are, they're so consumed with personal, best personal, 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 when you can't make it all about you. Cause if, if you're not performing, then what you got left, there's, there's, there's nothing there. Right. So Nicky, what you said about giving and giving and giving back and being involved. A lot of the HR directors I talk to that seem to be the happiest at what they do, they've got other things that they do outside of work. But even though SHRM is work related, kind of, it's the other people that you meet through that chapter. I mean, how, how much do you try and get other people involved in SHRM right now? Are you constantly recruiting?
1: Um, so it's a little harder right now with you know not meeting in person and, and stuff like that but yeah we we are always trying to get people involved with Sherma um, and we've actually uh, decided to offer the rest of this year for free just to you know to give back to our our community and to um, to allow people who maybe suffered a layoff or uh, their company has cut back on on training expense to to re- receive the
0: knowledge that they need. Yeah, I'd encourage, I know people are exhausted at the end of the day, especially with what's going on, it just adds another layer, we got the election coming up again, I just don't, I don't look at my phone for any reason, (laughs) unless it's, unless it's a phone call incoming, I don't look at the news, it's just, I got to protect my mental health, but for, for anyone listening to this, the, the HR professionals, I know even though you're tired, still try and get involved, I can't tell you how much I got filled up over the last 3 days at, at Michigan Sherman Grand Rapids it was a blast HR people know how to party <laughs> yes they do and, and outside of that you guys you're you we're, we're all in this together i mean you Nikki, you work at probably one of the toughest hr environments just because of what you do and you're one of the happiest most balanced hr directors i think i've talked to in a and while everyone else is going a little crazy, you work in a crazy place, but you seem to be so well put together.
1: I try, um, you know, some days I'm like everybody else. Some days it's tougher than others, but then I just, I try to look at everything I have going right in my life and focus on that. Uh, awesome. You know, rather than the, the negatives, because we can all get weighed down by those.
0: All right. So let's, let's wrap this thing up today. Final thoughts from Mr. Tarigi. And what, what do you have for us, Eric? Well, I
4: mean, all that can go through my mind right now is just community. And, you know, Nikki has done such a great job of just driving community. And, and then you reminded me, your last sentence just reminded me of something my grandma used to always tell me. She says, she would always say, no matter how happy or how sad you are, there's always someone who would trade places with you today. Yeah.
1: Oh. My grandma would always tell me that, um, in order to appreciate the good times, you have to have the bad times. Grandmas are,
3: are smart, aren't they?
4: <laughs> Business <laughs> wisdom of a grandma.
0: Isn't yeah. Danielle, what do you want to lead us out with?
3: I, I just, first of all, I wanna say thank you, Nikki, because just this only further emphasizes what I had already felt in meeting you last week. You're such a a lover and giver um, of people and time. and. It's interesting that you say that your husband is a firefighter because I, I definitely perceive you as the HR person who's running into the fire as opposed to away from it. Um, you know, so appreciate your heart and, and thanks so much for coming on.
1: Yeah, thank you. It was great meeting you too last week.
0: Mr.
2: Reed, yeah, even though HR is hired to take care of workplace issues, I learned the importance of taking care of yourself first and you know following your passion so that when you have the best job ever, it's contagious, and, you know, I guess a line from a, the seminar last week was uh, being courageous is contagious, so yes. that's awesome.
0: For me, it was a training, 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 getting people involved, even even I know how many times we might have been told that stay in your lane, right? That's, that's not for you, but I think cross-training and getting people to look at another way of managing in a different position, I think it really helps shore up the defenses and, and gives them a better perspective on helping make sure they don't burn out. Nikki, thanks for coming on. You were Thank
1: awesome you guys,
0: this it. was this was super fun. I need, to, I need photos, you've really got three Great Danes? Yes. Okay, okay, we need to say the photograph. We're on Facebook, Callum. <laughs> oh, yeah, aren't
1: we connected?
0: <laughs> no, I'm not on Facebook. Yeah, James can tell you,
1: I post <laughs> frequently, I post pictures of my dogs.
0: Yes, James. Every time, every week, James, like get on Facebook. Every week, I lie and say yes. And <laughs> I, mean, I don't do it. All right, I I missed the past couple of weeks. It's so nice to be on. I missed all you all, and um, right. Do it again next week, Nikki. Thanks, and good luck with Michigan, with Michigan, with your Sherm chapter. We may see you as president again. And I couldn't think of a better person for the possession. So awesome. All right. See y'all later. See ya. Thanks.
1: See ya. Thanks.
0: Thank you.